Well, Graham, it's uh, it's finally here. The end of 2020. The most wonderful time of the year. Yes. It's 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 the time that uh, children long for. It's the time that uh, developers <laughs> love and appreciate. It is the season of the Velvetees. Exactly. Uh, it is now our third annual Velvetees, uh, which yeah. is, of course, one of the most prestigious awards in gaming review podcasts. Uh, if I'm being humble, of course. Um, There's this so thing we called have... like the Game Awards that I think they kind of took on after us. Like... Yeah, not not as catchy as the Velvetees. Nah. Maybe if they called maybe if they call them the Game Awardies. The, the Game. That's all catchy. The Gameies. <laughs> Um, but you know, they're just, they're, they're standing on the shoulders of giants of, exactly, of us. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's what we have planned for this evening. Uh, perhaps it's New Year's Eve. You can't go anywhere. You're lonely. You have no friends, but you have the Velvetys. Exactly. So sit back, relax, and join us as we award our favorite games and some of our not favorite games and some games in between. Mm-hmm. And uh, this year we actually have like semi-physical things. Uh, we actually have our seals of approval. You know, Graham, this is the interesting point. Is it a physical thing if it's not, if it hasn't been printed yet? Or is it a metaphysical thing? I, I suppose it's it has the potential to be physical. Yeah, that's very philosophical. I th- I don't think I can handle this in 2020. <laughs> we'll we'll resume this conversation in 2021. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we do have awards drafted by our one of our biggest fans, uh, Stephen. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, does a lot of our great fan art. Uh, on our Facebook page, you can see some of uh, the options or not the options. My word. 2020 has been a long year. Some of his uh, amazing work. Uh, he does custom requests. Uh, myself as Donkey and you as Diddy, I think, is what's there now that mm-hmm. I requested him to make. So, um, yes, we'll yeah, be taking his... Yes, absolutely. We're taking his drawings, paying him nothing for them, slapping them on uh, 12 karat gold trophies, and then shipping them off across the country to uh, nameless developers. Mm-hmm. And that's the plan for this evening. So yeah. let's get started. Yeah, without further ado. So yeah, we covered a lot of games this year. Graham, I, I didn't do the intro. I guess oh. I don't need to do the intro. I don't need to do, hey, it's the Velvet Review. Oh, well, I guess we should still. Yeah, okay. this could be someone's first uh, episode. It's true, and if it is, bad cho- bad choice. I mean, actually, Welcome. great choice. Welcome, thank you. Please stay. Um, but you get like a little highlight reel of what the year has been. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, uh, we are the Vilbrum Review. My name is Matthew, and I'm Graham. And as we mentioned in the intro, um, we'll be going through our awards ceremony, and there are a couple of different awards uh, that we're going to be giving out tonight. Uh, so I thought I would just run down the list 
and uh, kind of explain um, mm-hmm. the awards list. So we have our main main awards. These are named after the characters from the hit video game Persona 4, which of course inspired this podcast, which uh, led to its naming convention. And so we'd like to honor those characters with awards at our Velvety's. So we have uh, the Chie, Yosuke, Teddy, Risei, Naoto, Yukiko, and Kanji awards. Uh, so those awards are given to games that, uh, in our mind, kind of meet uh, or relate to the characters in some ways. Uh, then we also have what, we co- what we're going to call the Fox of the Year and the uh, uh, Nanako of the Year awards to the least favorite game we play for the podcast and just in general in 2020. And then our favorite game of the year in the podcast and in 2020. And then we have four um, specialized uh, awards. One for a hidden gem. So a game we didn't think was going to be that great. And it was pretty good. Uh, a counterfeit gem. One we were really excited about, but kind of not as good as we hoped. Uh, the one that got away. And then also most anticipated for 2021. Because it's important to look forward to the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll do the names and then uh, the the other ones, and then we'll we'll end with the the big ones. The big ones. Yeah. Which are ironic because Fox and Nanako are the smallest characters in Persona Four. Mm-hmm. But that is a great idea, Graham. So why don't we start, Graham, um, with the Chie Award? Okay. So I did. I did also kind of give my own kind of criteria just to help me out okay. like uh, like a phrase that kind of this like help me decide essentially because uh as impressive it is for my my brain to have actually remembered the characters that from a game <laughs> i played four years ago uh it does need a little bit of help so for chie i i said the one that grew on me the most um okay because like when I first started playing Persona 4, I wasn't so sure about Chie, but, you know, she kind of grew on me as a character. Um, for me, that game was Dragon Age Origins. Uh, it it gave me this very similar feel to how I felt about the Mass Effect games. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, like, at the end of the first one, I was, like, really not too keen on the the game itself. But I was starting to get into, okay, like the, the world started to get interesting. Like I want to learn more about this. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the way that I felt about Dragon Age Origins was for most of the game, I was feeling very kind of uninspired with the combat and the general kind of plot of the game. But as it went on and as I started to get towards the end of the game, I was thinking, oh, actually, I... I want to learn more about, I want to see what these characters do in the future. I'd love to see more of this world, just maybe in a different game. Uh, right. So that's that's something that I'm looking forward to doing in the future. So that's Dragon Age Origins gets my TA award. Awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I could definitely see that. And I think uh, Dragon Age Origins is very befitting of, of an award uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself awarded the Chie uh, Satanaka Award to uh, Ring Fit Adventure ah. for the Nintendo <laughs> Switch. Uh, my criteria was more based on like um, Chie's desire to train and like mm-hmm. fight 
kung fu, uh, high protein meats. Um, I thought all related pretty well to um, Ring Fit Adventure. Uh, I wouldn't say Chie's one of my favorite characters in the game, but she's certainly um, a fun and kind of spunky one. So I thought I thought that that fit well um, with that Ring does Fit. Fit well. Um, yeah, and I uh, I played Rig Fit actually like two nights ago, and my thighs are still hurting. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm super out of shape uh, since the winter hit. So I plan to get back into it. But uh, yeah, that is my Chie award for this year. Yeah, that's good. Um, oh gosh, I haven't I... played Ring Fit in months. <laughs> We gotta get back into it, Graham. We gotta, uh, we gotta do it again. <laughs> um, we did forget to mention one thing. Okay. Before we started. Oh yeah, yeah. And that is how we determine a Velvet Room seal, Velvet Room review seal of approval. Uh, if at any point, uh, our games on our uh, that we award match the same award, that's an automatic Velvet Room seal of approval. And of course, our Nautico of the Year awards will also get them as well. But mm-hmm. uh, that's the criteria we've used in the past is if they match up, that's a seal, that's a seal of approval. Um, so we'll see if that happens this year. I think it happens, you know, once or twice each each award season. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, awesome. Okay. Well, moving right along here. Uh, my next award on my list is the uh, Yosuke Award. And uh, yeah, Yosuke is... Like your best friend, uh, he's kind of uh, a goofball, um, but he's dependable. Um, he's he's uh, he's just kind of always there for you, and he, he makes you feel kind of safe. And so uh, this year, I decided to uh, give my Yosuke Award to Assassin's Creed Unity. Huh. Um, which if you just listened to the Assassin's Creed Unity episode that came out a couple of days before this one... You'll understand uh, kind of my reasoning before uh, for that, but um, overall, I just felt really I felt really at comfort with uh, Unity. Um, it just brings me back to like this is gonna make me sound really old, like ten years ago when I used to play Assassin's Creed Two and Brotherhood, and mm-hmm. just put on a podcast and run around and and do stuff in the Assassin's Creed world. So it's very comforting to me. So that's my work. Nice. Yeah, um, I had I had similar criteria of like. Yosuke's the guy that you like to just hang out with. That I imagine him as the person that like um you go over to his place and spend an afternoon playing video games. Mm-hmm. Um or just hanging out. Uh and so for that reason, for me it went to Halo Reach. Um, oh, very nice. Yeah. Cause like with Halo Reach, I find you you know exactly what you're getting into. Um, like it's going to be a fun like first person shooter experience um unfortunately it doesn't didn't really convey the depth that yosuke has but um like he we played through the whole game in multiplayer and that's that's kind of the the mental image that i have of yosuke so um, (laughs) of not of master chief but uh of just hanging out like uh i was like your best friend yeah so for that, for that reason, I gave it to Halo Reach. Well, congratulations to Halo Reach. Yeah. Well deserved. Well deserved. Graham, so far, both of your awards have gone to games prior that existed prior to 2010. Oh, really? I think so. Halo Reach was could have been 2010, but that's like that's so last decade. 
<laughs> I mean, uh, I guess that's where my tastes lie. Um, okay, next award, uh, the Teddy Award. Who won your Teddy Award, Graham? Uh, so this one, this one for me went to the one I had the most love-hate relationship with. Um, this was actually a tough one because uh, just out of the games that we played this year, there wasn't, there were some that made me like, upset and there were some that i really liked but i didn't find too many that i was mixed on Mm -hmm. but i think it has to go to the messenger um because that was a game that like i i wanted to like uh and (laughs) like there's moments in that game where it feels really cool like you're zipping through a level um and then it says something and you're just I'm immediately just angry. Um, And so it's like, it had really cool presentation. It had some interesting mechanics. It had a hook shot, but there's just parts of it that I just couldn't stand. And that's like, Teddy is a complex being. Uh, (laughs) So, um, gosh, I got to replay these games again. Uh, That game again, but it's on Steam. Or the messenger. Persona 4. Yeah, I know. We should do a, uh, a retrospective. I'd be down for yeah. that. Uh, Maybe so... once I finally finish Persona 5 after three years of trying to play exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. Okay, just slowly. It's, uh, Don't worry. It's like a steak. You gotta let it marinate. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Have you ever marinated a steak for three years? Uh, I'm actually working on one right now. <laughs> okay. No, I've never done that. Uh, I don't recommend like, that. We do not condone that. Uh, I guess it wouldn't it wouldn't stay good for three no. years unless you marinated it in a freezer. If you marinate it in dry ice, ooh. Um, moving on. Moving on. Um, okay. Well, congratulations to the messenger then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm realizing I don't think this game actually was featured as an episode that we reviewed, but I'm almost certain I discussed it during the podcast. So. I'm mm-hmm. gonna allow it anyways, but my Teddy Award goes to Danganronpa, Trigger Happy Havoc. Okay, nice. Uh, uh, my criteria is a bit different than I would say yours is, Graham. I don't necessarily hate Teddy. He just um, he has a change mid midway through that I didn't really agree with, or I thought was very odd. Mm-hmm. And uh, Danganronpa has that sort of feel for me, where at first it's like kind of like, wow, what is this? Right, this weird bear and this weird premise and these weird characters. And then uh, it's uh, it gets really solid in the middle, and it's really enticing and engaging, and uh, entertaining. Lots of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end, then it kind of goes this other direction that I wasn't really sure how I felt with. Okay. And uh, I kind of felt like like Teddy's story has that sort of um, that pivot at the end as well of like uh, him him realizing like what he is and and why he is the way he is and stuff like that about him being a shadow. Uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't too certain about the end of Danganronpa's story, and so I'm really looking forward to continuing that in in the sequels. Um, but also, uh, there's a bear in it, so I thought yeah, that I was, was thinking probably it's, uh, really solid. It's very appropriate. <laughs> oh, Gra- Graham, you say you hate Teddy, but you yet you speak like him. Yep, that's why it's a love hate relationship. Ah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, no seal of approvals yet. 
No seal of rules. No, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that one of them is going to be uh, a seal. But um, what's what's next up on our list? Oh, Graham, you know what I'm seeing here? Oh my word! I have a bunch of these games that I we didn't talk about in the podcast. I'm so sorry. I failed you. Oh. Well, this next one I did, but there, the, there there is one on here that I know I definitely did not talk about in depth. But whatever, it is what it is. It's too late now. We're we're we're, we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, the next on the list is the Resay Award. Okay. Uh oh gosh, I put I put Risu in my list. Oh no, Risu, Risu. <laughs> Which that's that's the name of that's the name of a VTuber. That's very different. Um. <laughs> So resay, let's change that. Resay <laughs> <the> is <laughs> flip the U uh, sideways. <laughs> um, resay is honestly the character that I remember the least about, um, and I remember that she was like, like kind of um, she was the navigator. She was like the idol character, um, but the the. She, I can't remember much about her, and honestly, I can remember when I was playing the game that I wanted to learn more, but I never, never really did, and so that's why I gave my award to the Room VR. Um, oh, okay. Because mostly because I wanted to see more. Uh, I thought it was really engaging, um, and really like captivating, and f- like it's uh, I don't know, flashy's the word, but it was visually interesting. Hmm. Um, and it's, um, like there's more to, than meets the eye, I suppose. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, honestly, I thought it was just a really well done game and it was a really good experience. Cool. Uh, it was the first like non arcade VR game that I played, I think. Because uh, previously right. I had played like Beat Saber and Super Hot, which are both kind of you know like level based arcade, and this was more of a puzzle narrative focus. So right. this one could have been up for another award as well, but uh, um, hmm. yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I'm gonna give it. So yeah, okay. Well, congratulations, great game. It's really re-sparked my interest in in uh, playing on VR. So. Hopefully mm-hmm. we can we can review some more VR games come uh, twenty twenty one. Um, my Risei Kujikawa Award goes to another game that we didn't technically review on the podcast, but was basically my Genshin Impact for like the middle of the year, where I mentioned it every episode <laughs> for like three or four episodes. Um, and that's Persona Three Dancing in Moonlight. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, there are obviously correlations between the two. Um, Risei is a pop idol and a dancer. And uh, Persona 3, Dancing in Moonlight, all you do is listen to pop songs and dance. Yep. They're flashy. They're colorful. Uh, oh, man. I was going to say something, but I can't say it. Um, they, um, and they're very friendly towards you. Um, and it's all about friendship and, and building those bonds and like expressing yourself and that's what Risei's storylines about it's about you know her finding herself and, mm, and yeah uh, um and her story is kind of like you know do I really want to be an idol and stuff like that 
And in Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight, the players are all like, we're not idols, but I guess we'll dance because we want to, because we have to, sort of. But, uh, um, yeah, and it fits in well, I think, with your uh, qualifications of a Rise Award, because in Dancing in Moonlight, uh, they're not going to remember what happens, and you don't remember much about Rise. So, <laughs> it works um, well, I think. Yeah, no, I, that's also a game I have played this year. <laughs> It it's uh it's great honestly I love um, all the little like social links that you can do with people yeah um and like because that's 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 all I want is like to get to spend more time with these characters right yeah absolutely and this is the perfect occasion to do that um, yeah I really like the um the rooms uh, aspect like you go into the mm-hmm. characters' rooms and kind of like just get to know the their personality a bit more on a more intimate level so that's kind of neat but yeah yeah it's like um oh what's what's her name um tall trying to remember no no red hair oh uh mitsuru mitsuru yeah yeah how she's got like a super fancy like huge room yeah in this like student dorm it's it's all it's great (laughs) yeah okay well no no seals yet uh, the Nauto. Yeah, award. you want to lead think, with this? Yes, absolutely. Um, I wonder if we'll if we'll match here. Um, but my my Nauto award goes to uh, a game that made me feel the most inquisitive, the most detective like, uh, the most puzzle solving. Uh, the Room of VR was, uh, of course, considered for this award, but ultimately I had to award it to Return of the Oberdin, which um. I really enjoyed. Um, I'm really glad I got to play it. I don't think I would have played it if not for the podcast. So thank you, Graham, for recommending it. I think you recommended it. Hmm. Um, but it is a wonderful game about uh, deduction and logic and and piecing together um, events with minimal information. So in that regard, I think it fits the Nato Award very well. Yes, uh, the Prince Detective. Yes. Um, yeah, and uh, this is in fact our first seal of approval, uh, because I am also awarding the award to the the Oberdin, because it's the one that made me think the most. It's the one that made me feel the most like a detective. Uh, it's the one that made me use my brain the most. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can just—it's like because they're they're just sitting around in the food court, right, in persona, and they're like. Hmm, I wonder what we should do next. And now just like, wait, you guys don't have a plan for anything. <laughs> and so uh, oh, it's man. um, yeah, like because the game it's all about noticing things, mm-hmm. and I think like playing it again made me like I was able, like picking when you pick up on certain things and you it makes you feel smart, right? Yes. Um, because I'm like, oh, there's numbers there, and there's numbers here, so that yeah. they must be connected, and yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's great. Yeah, it is. It is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Whew. A velvet room seal of approval. Wow. We'll uh, have to yeah. get that mail right away. <laughs> uh. So what's up on the next on the list? Okay, we're almost on the main characters. Uh, next here is Yukiko. Oh, okay. Uh, so this one uh, was um, 
the one, I guess, the how, how do we define Yukiko? I think what you've always said is, is like the one to spend Christmas with. Yeah. Um, so like the one that we like enjoyed or fell in love with. So uh, for me, it was a little unexpected, but looking through the list, I think that I've got to give it to Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, ah. which we played very early in the year. Um, and like there was other contenders, but uh, some of those got promoted to Nanako. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think like it's it's one of those games where I was like, I'm I'm really just enjoying experiencing all that it is um like uh it it's just i'm having fun just traveling and exploring and fighting and um it doesn't really matter what i'm doing but i'm still enjoying it uh it didn't have a super satisfying conclusion that that game but Mm -hmm. like i still like i spent 50 hours with it and it was all fair like going back to AC Unity was really tough. Right. Uh after playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey for me. Because I don't have that nostalgia. Right. Um so yeah, it's uh it was a a bit strange to realize, but yeah, it's gonna go to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a good award for that game because for me with Odyssey it was like it's a really nice pick up and play for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Right, just quick hangout uh, with it. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, congratulations to uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, my Yukiko Award is one uh, I didn't actually quite go the Christmas oh, okay. angle with it. A little bit. I thought, like, yeah, I could probably play this at Christmas time. Like, it's a comfortable game. It's fun. It's got some great moments. Uh, but this one I associated much more with the color red. Okay. Which uh, is, of course, you know, one of... Yukiko's main main features, um, but also mm-hmm. a bit about her finding her place and her purpose in life and and stuff like that. Um, and so I awarded Control my Yukiko award. Okay. Uh, for this year, because red is a big, of course, color in that game, and also mm-hmm. it's about um, oh gosh, Control. What's her name? Oh, um. Oh no! The now direct- that you said it, the director, the, the new director, uh, Freeman, free, free. No, that's that's Half Life. <laughs> no, but her wasn't it something oh, to do with free? Is Jesse Freeman? Is it Freeman? I don't think it's Freeman. It's something with an F. I'm pretty sure. Okay, <laughs> director F. Keep keep going. I'm gonna look. But it's Jesse, right? It's it's what Jesse. Um, Faden. That's it. You nailed it. You got it. Um. It's about uh, you know Jesse finding her place, uh, yeah, and discovering this new role, and 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 not necessarily wanting it, but learning to live to it, live up to it. So, um, also, it's got a great soundtrack, and one of the highlights of the year for me um, is that one scene where uh, the scientist guy—I don't remember his name—starts shaking his booty. So, and oh and, man, and so. Yep. Um, I think that's one of the most iconic moments of the year for me, gaming-wise. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, congratulations to both those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, last but not least, um, we have the Kanji Tatsumi Award. 
Yes. Uh, so this is actually, I awarded this to a game I did not talk about in the podcast. Okay. Um, but I think you'll understand my reasoning once I explain. I gave this award to Doom, uh, Doom 2016, to be specific. Um, why did I give it the Kanji Award? Was it because the characters large, buff, uh, can do anything, can fight anything? Yes. And also, um, it was a game that I really enjoyed. It was a game that, honestly, like, this is going to sound bad, but, like, you could turn your brain off and still have fun. And uh, I ended up having to play it, uh, like, through, like, a third time because one of the trophies glitched on me. But, like, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a hassle. It just felt fun to play through it again. So I feel like uh, Kanji is a character who is buff. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and it's fun to have around, and you don't really get tired of him. Nice. That's uh, that's great. Um, it's funny because we literally just recreated a meme. Uh, because my my award for the kanji Tatsumi is Animal Crossing. <laughs> so you did create that. They both came out of the same. <laughs> like now, that was Doom Eternal. Like, not Doom 2016, but still. It's close enough. It's close it's enough. Close enough. Um, I love it. I love it. Uh, so my criteria was the one that made me feel, like, warm and fuzzy and supported. Because Kanji, like, because he is tough, but he's also extremely supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Animal Crossing, like, especially when it came out, uh, like, I think I started playing it a month into the pandemic. Um, so it was just kind of like a, Hey, things are all right. This is a place where you can be okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got really into animal crossing too. Like, yeah, I got to play it. Um, it's, it's a fantastic game. Doesn't still has its issues. A lot of quality of life things. Yep. Um, but like it's, it's the epitome of like warm and fuzzy. Right. Uh, and cold, hard capitalism. Uh, but <laughs> that's not really kanji, so I'm not going um, well, to. He did so. start a business, right? Didn't he? Did he? Selling those things? Maybe I'm just. Oh, like with the, 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 the animals, plushies? Right? Yeah, did he start selling them? I thought he just ah. gave it away. Hey, his mom was a no, business no, owner. He has... we'll, we'll count it. We'll count it. I think, I think you're right. I think he did have like a business or something. But uh, yeah, so. Yeah. Wow. That's that's my reasoning. Great choice. That's very funny. Uh, oh, wow. that's I love it. Wow. Okay. We'll have to send a, a seal of approval to whoever made up that meme. But uh, <laughs> okay, that's the main character list. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's let's go to the add-ons then. So a hidden gem. So again, this is a game that uh, perhaps we weren't expecting much from, but we're quite surprised with. And um, this one for me. Uh, this is this was this was tough. Um, there were a lot of hidden gems this year. I will say this: we we did play a lot of bad games, uh, for the podcast this year. I think we had a really solid uh, lineup. Um, and this was a contender for my nonical of the year, but it didn't quite get there. But I gave my hidden gem to Pikuniku, hmm. and that's because I had no idea what Pikuniku was going into it. It's very odd once you start it out and you and you get the ball rolling, but once you really dive in, it's incredible. It's witty. It's got social commentary. 
it's uh, cute, it's fun, it's short. It's everything that a good gem has. It has value. And that's why I gave my hidden gem to Pika Nico. Very nice. Yeah, that's a good choice. Um, I think uh, for me, it wasn't a game that we played on the podcast. I don't remember if I mentioned it, but uh, the game, the kind of hidden gem, I think because it's, it's a small indie game for me was A Short Hike. Uh, have I, did I mention that? You I have think? mentioned to me, not, I don't think I enjoyed a podcast. To be honest, Graham, I was fully expecting you to say Genshin Impact just with that buildup, but I'm glad you didn't say that, so... Oh, please that would have been great. A short, a short oh, hike. that would have been me. so good. I should have ah uh, <laughs> missed There's opportunity. Uh, Genshin Impact or Ark Knights or oh, my um, <laughs> do you remember? I haven't played that game in a while, unfortunately. That's good. I think it. I think it took over your life for a good couple weeks. So it uh, tried months, but yes, yes, it did. Yes, I was trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. Okay, thank um, you. Uh, yeah, so let's take a short, short hike. hike back on topic and talk about a short hike. Yeah, so a short hike, honestly, didn't really know anything going into it. I knew it was like kind of like Animal Crossing, but like a platformer or something. And I really, I really had nothing. I don't even remember how I found it, but it ended up being this little gem of a game of your, the ultimate goal is to uh, travel, like you're, tr- you're on an island um, mm-hmm. with your and, and there's no reception on the island except for at the very peak of like the mountain on the island. And so your goal is to get uh, to the top of the mountain, like a short hike. Uh, it's right. not a huge island. It's not a huge game, but it's filled with so much character and charm and attention. It's got this lovely kind of low poly, lo-fi aesthetic to it. Um, it feels you have like a your bird should have probably led with that. So oh, it's like anthropomorphized characters. Got um, it. So you pick up these golden, uh, these golden feathers that allow you to flap and gain altitude and also to be able to climb things. Hmm. Um, and it's so much fun to like soar around the island. And it's one of those games where you could get to the end in a relatively short amount of time, like 20 minutes, if you just played, the, if you just were like aiming for the critical path. Huh. But there's so much little stuff outside of that. Like I played volleyball on the beach with some kids. I like uh, found this tower out in the woods. I learned how to fish. Like there's... I, I ran a race. I followed this painter around uh, as he tried to like regain his like artistic in- interests. There's it, it sounds like a lot, and it's it's weird because it's this small little indie game, but it it has so much heart, hmm. and it's like it's just this incredible little um, experience, and then like. The ending was, it's fairly emotional too. Um, I'm not going to get into it, but it was fairly emotional. Um, it's it's honestly like, it comes highly recommended for me. Okay. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah. And it's cool. cheap too. It's like 
less than $10 Canadian. Nice. All right. Wow. Okay. We're more than halfway through the Velvety's, Graham. Wow. Really? Racing Only have... Yeah, we have got the seven more awards to give out. That was the eighth award, so seven more to oh, Okay, nice. Okay, next is the Counterfeit Gem. So again, this is a game that we maybe had high hopes for or were expecting a little bit more than what we got. So uh, at least that was my mm-hmm. criteria for it, Graham. Uh, what did you award this game? Yeah, so this one, I, I'm i sad to say, but it has to go to Link's Awakening uh, mm. for the Switch. Mm-hmm. I had high hopes for this game, like... I loved the original. I love the concept of the original. I love kind of the the high level story that it's telling of this kind of um, uh, the this magical setting, this dream setting, uh, and it's like the questions that it's posing. But and I don't feel like the remake did anything wrong. Um, mm. It improved on a lot of quality of life things. Uh, it improved like the graphics. But I was just kind of let down because it didn't hold up as much as my memory did for it. Yeah. Um, Like, I don't think that there's anything wrong with the game. I just think that some of the themes, I think that they came across stronger in the Game Boy version. Um, It's weird. Like, I think of, like, the music and Mm. the emotional core of the game. And I think that something about the low resolution, the black and white or color version of it um you had to imagine it right you had to right you had to put more imagination into it in your mind's eye yeah exactly and then having it all detailed and rendered out like how it was almost you didn't have to like you didn't have to try to make the magic so right it uh Hmm. that 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 was kind of a disappointment for me but so that, that goes to my uh, counterfeit gem award. Uh, that's a really interesting point, actually. When you look at, like, games, so like, so, like, the early Pokemon of, like, you as a child or because of the lack of detail, like, adding in detail in your imagination. It's an interesting point. Uh, yeah, that's a, that, was a good, that was a good choice. Uh, that was one that was up there for me. This one I went... Um, Slightly different. I gave this one to Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, hmm. It was my most, not my most anticipated last last year, but it was like, hey, I want this for Christmas. Like, I'm really excited to play this game. I love, I love Star Wars games. Um, it's hit and miss if they're good or not. And it's not to say this game was bad. Uh, it's not bad. It just um, it missed uh, the mark for me a little bit. the The decision to do it more Souls like, I think was a detriment to the game. Uh, and although I will say like I enjoyed it, um, it didn't, it didn't quite meet my expectations. So I was a little disheartened by that. Mm. Yeah. So, um, not too bad. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, it was also partly like, cause we haven't had like a single player star Wars game like that since, uh, Force Unleashed 2, I'm going to go ahead and say that, I think, is accurate. That sounds um, about right. Which was, I think, 2010? It could be 2009. Been a while. But, it was like uh, PS3 loved... It was PS3, yeah. Yeah. Uh, ironically, I played that game at Christmas time, and I platinum it in like a week. But uh, I like those games. But uh, yeah, this one, I think the biggest thing for me was like, I didn't feel like a Jedi. 
and that's so critical <laughs> to having fun at a Star Wars game. Like the difficulty definitely was kind of it didn't fit tonally, right? At Dark Souls, the the difficulty matches the tone, and Fallen Order, it is um, against the tone of what Star Wars is and what being a Jedi is, and there was a disconnect there. So that's my mm. biggest my biggest issue with it, I think. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. The Jedi are supposed to be, or at least in, they feel like they're supposed to be really powerful. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's next. The one that got away. So this is a game that we either didn't get around to play, uh, playing this year or maybe perhaps started, uh, but didn't quite finish. And uh, there are two contenders on this list for me. One was Persona 5, <laughs> but it's not going to Persona 5 because I'm determined to finish it. The other one I'm going to give this to is uh, Final Fantasy 7, but not the remaster, and but not technically the original. I, I'm playing the re-release for PS4 that came out a couple years ago. Okay, yeah. Um, this actually was on our list back when we first started the podcast to review. Uh, I started playing it, stopped, and then picked it up back again uh, when like all the remaster hype was out. Mm-hmm. And uh, was really enjoying it. Um, uh, unfortunately, um, there's this trophy in the game that, like, you have to get a certain amount of, like, relationship points between your, you and this character. And then, like, middle of the game, there's a moment, like, you guys can go hang out. And you have to hang out to get the trophy. But there's a way to glitch the, the relationship points. But if you mm. do it too much, if you do it too much, you reset the counter and it negates the trophy. <laughs> Oh, uh, so you kind of have to like, and there's no way to check the value. So you have to kind of like guesstimate where you're at. Uh, anyways, long story short is that like, I didn't get the trophy and like to reload a save would set me back like two hours and I got really disheartened and I stopped playing. So I do plan to go back and finish the game because, uh, I was really enjoying it. It's, it's like a, a relic from the past. That's pretty interesting. Um, and it's yeah. like, I, I have very little experience with Final Fantasy, so, um, I was enjoying what I was playing. It's just, I kind of got uh, a little downtrodden and gave up on it. So, yeah, not, uh, yeah, hopefully you'll be able to play more of it. <laughs> well, I'm sure <laughs> when we have a, when we have a lull. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my word. There's no such thing in gaming anymore. I can't wait to retire, Graham. <laughs> just play games all day. Yeah. Li- honestly, literally. Uh, that's um, why I go to work. Yeah, you go to work so that you can <laughs> eventually play video games, games all day. To buy games <laughs> that I won't play for four decades. <laughs> oh man, I'm, uh, I'm 60 now. I can finally play <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> it's on sale. Uh, okay. Breakout, dust off the PS4. <laughs> okay, Graham. Uh, what was yours that got away? Uh, so... It wasn't Ghost of Tsushima, though that was uh, on my list. Because that's a game that interests me, but uh, I didn't pick it up. Um, For me, it's also another JRPG. Um, uh, Legends of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel. Okay. Um, So it's... I really enjoyed what I was playing of it. I started it in like August or September of this year. I got like 20, 25 hours into it. Um, and it's it's a JRPG, so it's like 50 hours long. Um, right. And eventually it just kind of 
it's it's very um it has a very um not lazy pace but um i, I don't want to say slow paced but it's like very laissez-faire laissez-faire right. that's a good um so like it's not too concerned about progressing the plot too quickly um i was really enjoying the characters though and like the world building i'd played one of the previous entries in the in the series and i really enjoyed it but as we've gotten to the fall and we started to play different like games and uh Genshin impact came out and mm-hmm. and i just i didn't have time and i didn't have really the interest in continue yeah. like when you put an hour into something like uh luigi's mansion or return of the Oberdin den or something like that's a really full hour when you're playing through like trails in the sky it's like okay that might have been getting through one dungeon right or you're dealing with because it's got even some like persona elements to it with social links and stuff okay um so like and there's like long cutscenes and stuff it's actually somewhat similar to persona um but like you do an hour in that game and it doesn't feel like you've done as much as if you do an hour in another game right if that makes sense right because the scope is so elongated yeah exactly exactly yeah Yeah. so that was one that i want to continue and finish at some point because there's four games in the series and they look fun uh and i love the world and all that stuff but it's just it's tough to make time for yep that's why retirement is key exactly play all those jrpgs if you always (laughs) wanted to but you didn't have time for a 60 hour game oh man yep okay all right next is our most anticipated graham what's your most anticipated game for 2021 this one's pretty easy uh it's persona 5 strikers oh um i heard the persona 5 scramble right uh they right uh my most anticipated game is Persona 5 Scramble. <laughs> okay, which is uh, different than Strikers. No, 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 no. Like, they're the same game. Uh, I think one's the, the Japanese and one's the English version. Oh! Um, that makes sense. Uh, stri- I'm, I'm Googling it. Uh, yeah, I'm Googling it too. Oh, Strikers, it is the same game. Scramble. Yeah, it's, it's just, uh, I think it's Scramble in Japan and Strikers in the U.S., why? It's coming out in February. I really don't have any other games I'm looking forward to <laughs> next year. Um, and it's more Persona. I still have to beat Persona 5 uh, Royal. I still have to beat that. I'm only like 30 hours into that. So it's going to be a while before I play it. But like it's more Persona. And yep. it's in a new... It's like I love it when the Persona games try a new format which they do a lot actually yeah yeah um, it, yeah yeah I was say it's nice to revisit the characters right so exactly exactly yeah which is yep. why i'm re- enjoying replaying persona 5 is so much so yeah uh that gets my award for most anticipated how about you that's a great great one uh this one goes to a game that i could be playing right now uh but it is temtem Oh, yeah. Uh, so we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's obviously on Steam, but uh, I just prefer playing on console most games. So uh, I've learned it's now out now on PS5. <laughs> but I don't got a PS5 yet. So I have to <laughs> wait 
until I do, and then play Temtem. So I'm very excited. Um, uh, I- I'm excited to see what others can do with the Pokemon formula, and if they can if they can improve on it or capture mm-hmm. an audience or capture me. I'm pretty excited. So, yes, Temtem is my most anticipated. Awesome. Yeah, that is... It looks like a good game, so... Yeah. 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 Okay, we're, we've reached the the home stretch, Graham. Okay. Uh, I so, think we'll, we'll start with the Fox of the Year. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Uh, yep. What, what was your Fox of the Year for the podcast? So that... Um, I I don't like this, but I had a few options. Um, the messenger was considered, but that went oh, to the wow. teddy. Um, uh, like runner up, uh, Elder Scrolls Blades was up there. Um, just but it was bland. I think it has to go to Dear Esther. Um, because it was a game that made me angry. <laughs> um. <laughs> Because like, it's like, and I I, I don't want to like just ramble about it, but it was the one that left me the most confused, the most upset, the <laughs> most like just egregious at having this experience that wants to be profound, but wasn't really. And also like it... it it just bothered me. I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. I know, like, there's a lot of discourse about that game. And hmm. I don't really want to get into all that because also I'm not, I'm not very well informed on, on the, all the discourse. But for me, it was a game that was pr- extremely pretty in sections. But it was a game that I cannot recommend. Um, I can't recommend playing just because it was... It may be upset if if you want to see why, then you can play the game. But otherwise, I would not <laughs> recommend it. Uh, um, I don't remember what I gave it originally, but that's that's what I'm giving it now. Yeah. Um. My fox of the year. It's also Dear Esther. Um. Oh. I will. I will say this. <laughs> um, so does it get our seal of disapproval? I guess so. Uh. <laughs> um. I, I, this was probably the only game this year that I, when I looked back, I said, this is the only, sorry, it's not quite true. It's not the only game I disliked, but it is a, not a good game, in my opinion. Uh, it's interesting, Graham, that says it make you angry because you don't get angry very often. So I think it, when you do, it, it's worth noting. Um, but I would just say, like, when I look at D-Rester, they messed up a very simple premise of a walking simulator. And there are plenty of good examples. And I know the game's old and stuff like that. But there are plenty of good and engaging walking simulators you could be playing when you're playing Dear Esther. So don't play Dear Esther. Go play Gone Home. Go play uh, What Remains of Eve Finch. Go play, oh, I don't remember, a Firewatch. Lots of good other options that are fun and engaging and aren't just you walking, literally just walking, no interaction. No rhyme or reason, and just somebody blabbing about psychobabble <laughs> that that doesn't correlate or correspond or, or, or have any conciseness to it. Just don't do it. 
Well said. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I guess we'll also go to the Fox of the Year for just 2020 in general. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for uh, like outside of the podcast. Yes. Uh, I guess I'll start this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna admit, Cram, I, I cheated here a little bit. Okay. Because when I when I looked at this list, the list of games I played outside the podcast, I could I didn't have any that I felt were worth a fox. So I mm-hmm. said, "Hmm, what am I gonna do here?" And uh, I, I've placed on this list a game that I did play for the podcast, but also saw release this year. In what I would argue is a similar format to the format that I've played it in. And my Fox of the Year for 2020 goes to Super Mario 64. (laughs) Uh, Which I think, of course, is going to be controversial. But in my humble opinion, there are many games that have been either remastered. I won't even say remastered. I will say re-released. Or that haven't even been released, that stand the test of time, uh, that are quality games uh, just because they're made well. And I do not believe that Super Mario 64 is one of them. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, I know you uh, you expressed some issues with it in and our I, reviews. And I'd be happy to defend my stance and, and further discourse. But I think... I think he, we don't even need to look at other games. We can look at just the Mario franchise, okay? Galaxy stands the test of time. Super Mario Land stands the test of time. Like, those are just fun, good games. Doesn't matter if you're playing on the SNES or on the Switch. You know, like, they just are well done. Uh, and Super Mario 64, while I, I know and I understand it was groundbreaking at the time and they were pushing boundaries, it just doesn't hold up. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was that yeah. good. Anyways, even in I, 1997. It has its place in history. Yes, but, uh, but so but, does uh, um, Pong. Yeah. Sorry, I'll stop. Yep. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> you you expressed like some concerns with the game, which are valid. Like yes. So, um, for me, it was also kind of a tough choice because. There weren't many games this year that um, I felt really were bad that I played. Because, like, if a game's bad, I'm just going to stop playing it. Yep. Or return it. Like, uh, I played a bit of um, Tetris Effect on VR. Oh, uh, okay. And, I, like, I thought it was all right. I didn't really think it was great, so I returned it. Um I played No Man's Sky in VR, oh. which was, I don't think my computer was powerful enough, and mm-hmm. so it nearly made me sick, so I returned it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a game that I played all the way through that I enjoyed, but in the end, I was kind of like, well, like with the fox in the game, right? He gives you these menial tasks, and it just kind of feels like a waste of time, because like the the end result isn't very satisfying with the fox. Okay. Okay. Um, so I gave mine to spirit fairer. Um, okay. Which is not a bad game. I just want to say that much. Um, but I feel, I felt at the end 
and I, honestly, now I'm regretting saying it because like I can remember a lot of really good things about it. But I felt that it wasted my time the most of the mm. games that I played. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Because like there's this really compelling overall idea of uh, you are you're essentially like taking on Charon's role as a person who huh. ferries people into the underworld, like into the afterlife. Um, have I mentioned it on the podcast? I don't know. This sounds a little familiar, the premise, but I don't think we've discussed it in, in, in full. Okay. So yeah, you're, you're basically taking on the role of, uh, um, a person ferrying people to the afterlife. So you pick up people like who have some emotional baggage and then you work through it with them by completing these little tasks and going to different places for them. And then uh, eventually they want to move on and you let them go. The thing is, is that there's this really heavy resource management part of the game. Hmm. Um, And it's one of those things where I felt like this could have been a six hour game. It was a 20 hour game. Like after about six hours, I had my fill of it. But I wanted to see more. I wanted to see how things were going to end. I was interested in the characters. Um, but there's so much of a grind that it just, by the end of the game, I was really sick of it. Hmm. That's too bad. Um, yeah, it was too bad because it's got beautiful music and visuals. It's got really fun like uh, platforming gameplay. But it's just got way too much resource management that hmm. uh, really turned me off from the game. Okay. That's why it gets the fox. Okay. Very fair. Okay. Uh, now to the big ones, the Nanakos. Yeah. Of course, the Nanakos are the ones we love the most, the ones that can do no wrong, the ones that uh, you just care so much about. And That's exactly what I have written down is can do no wrong. <laughs> um, I actually awarded for the podcast my Nanako of the Year award to a game I've already mentioned today, uh, which I don't think is against the rules. Uh, nope. But I did anyways. Uh, I have to give my Nanako of the Year award to Return of the Oberdin. Nice. Um, it's got everything I love. Uh, atmosphere. Art style. Uh, engagement. Short. Easy platinum. Uh, great soundtrack. Great care taken. Um, just a well-crafted, well-polished game that I really, really enjoyed and, and stuck with me. So... Um, that is my Nanako of the year for the podcast. Nice. Nice. It was a very good game. Mm-hmm. Um, for my game of the year for the podcast, I went with Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX. Oh, um, thank you. I, I, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. You, uh, it's honestly, it's such a good remake. Um, yeah. and it, it recaptured my love of the original, uh, unlike how Link's Awakening did. Like it made mm. me like fall in love with the game and the series again. It made me want to to keep going and like play the other ones as well. Um, it has some fantastic quality of life improvements. It has a phenomenal soundtrack. The gameplay's fun. Um, the story is engaging. Like um, it. It's not without it's like little things here and there, but like it improves so much on what I loved about the games 
that like it it was the the choice for me i'm really glad it's it it's unanico because i feel like a, a fraud because it's not anywhere on my list this year but it is a great game i love it so much actually this is really odd for me uh because it's a switch game and generally i just pick up play and i finish switch games that's about it but i want to i actually have been missing it i want to play more of it uh because there's so much content packed in just beyond the main story that i do want to dive back in so i'm really glad it's on the list on your list it definitely deserves the nautical award mm-hmm. wow uh, uh did great. we did we want to go over nautical outside the podcast as well yes did you do one for that I did. Did you? Okay. Yes, I did as well. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, I can I can leave you that. Sure, please do. Um, so for me, outside the podcast, uh, there were there's some really good choices. I think I needed to give an honorable mention to Hades. Um, but I like I already played that game. And I talked about it in the podcast last year. Yeah, you did. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Me, yeah, but uh, a bunch of my friends got into it, uh, and. Um, oh, so like, uh, yeah, Eric, if you're listening, it is on our list to review for next year. So Eric did suggest it to me, but okay, go ahead. Go ahead. It might it might be a, a three a, a several year <laughs> velvet uh, three years in the making. Um, and honorable mentions have to be given to Arc Knights and Genshin Impact because <laughs> I've spent a lot of time with them, um, and they're good games. But it was an easy choice for me. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Um, it's this phenomenal uh, platformer. Uh, it's got an absolutely like breathtaking score and visuals, and it feels so fluid and fun to play. Um, like the hours just went by playing it. Yes. It's it's just it's hard to describe how much joy it brought me. Cool. Um, just like there's uh, like the sense of flow. I think is the biggest thing and. The previous game had some really awkward frustrations, especially with how it did its save system. Mm-hmm. But this game, like, improved on that. It improved on like the the complexity. There wasn't it wasn't overly complex, um, like the previous game had become. Uh, it had this really fun like weapon switching system, uh, and like I can't say enough about the the audio visual experience it's just incredible so that's why it gets my nanako of the year for outside the podcast awesome awesome uh i'm gonna go a bit of a different direction okay (laughs) from bright and colorful uh my my nanako of the year for 2020 is a game that i do not think is fun okay but I think it is the best game I've played this year. And it goes to The Last of Us Part 2. Um, okay. The Last of Us Part 2 is a game that, in my opinion, pushes the medium forward. Um, it's a game with something to say. Something that says that, that it says very well. Uh, it's themes and, and the way in which it presents the narrative and the characters and and how they are shaped and how they are changed and 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 honestly how it how it just portrays a, the character beyond like the character just saying something 
um, like music, music is a big, uh, big factor in the game. Um, like you play the guitar as Ellie, right? And there are, Mm -hmm. there's one of my favorite moments in the game, you and Ellie's, uh, like partner, you stop and Ellie just sings like take on me by aha, (laughs) but she, she sings it like in a, in a melodic and slow way, like a way that she learned it from, from Joel Obviously, she had probably never heard the original song, but it's just this amazing, like, five-minute scene where you were, like, in chaos just before, but you take a moment just to sing and, and like, listen to this music. Hmm. And and spoiler alert for Last of Us Part Two, if you don't mind me spoiling, Graham. Um, mm-hmm. In the end, Ellie loses her ability to play the, the guitar because oh. uh, uh, because she gets injured trying to get revenge. And it's, it's, it's not only, like, a like a visual tragedy, but it's also like a metaphorical tragedy because she loses a part of herself. She loses some fingers. So literally she's lost part of herself, but figuratively she's lost part of herself as well um, because of her quest for, for revenge. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just such a well done uh, story, well done characters. Um, And uh, it's a hard game to play. That's why I don't think it's fun. Uh, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a game. I think I can't wait to play last of us part two. Right. Uh, in the sense of like, I'm going to have fun tonight. It's just, it's, it's more about, um, the themes and what Naughty Dog has to say. And Mm -hmm. I know it was, there was some controversy with, with the decisions they made. And in my opinion, they're unfounded criticisms. I don't necessarily agree or follow, uh, the logic there, but uh, I think they did an outstanding job. Um, way, uh, in my opinion, like the league's better than Last of Us Part One. Even I think mm. Last of Us Part One was an okay story wrapped in like an okay game. <laughs> uh, like it, Last of Us Part One was just more about like obviously the relationship between Joel and Ellie and building that up, but it didn't really have many themes. It had it had some big ones uh, about, you know, sacrifice and parenthood and stuff like that. But this one, I think they, they do it a lot better. They, they do it in an interesting uh, way. And um, they make, uh, they make the player like judge themselves, but not in like a shallow way. Um, Not in a way that's like very obvious. Like it's just kind of, um, yeah, you kind of like look back and go, Oh man, I suck. Mm. <laughs> um, but not in a way that, like, like a Telltale game, for example, will, like, no matter what you do, they'll be like, you, why'd you do this? Right? Whereas, like, in, in a game that does it well, like Last of Us, or, like, even, like, Spec Ops The Line, it's like, you do something as a player, but then you see it through a different context. Right? In the eyes of somebody else, perhaps. And, uh, and, you, and you kind of regret, like, oh, man, I can't believe I did that. So... Mm-hmm. it's a great game so um yeah wow that's it that's it that's the velvities of 2020 that's <sighs> what it's all about folks yeah so we've got that's oh, good well you just take a breather we had, yeah we had to do it remote this year the velvities <laughs> yeah i wasn't able to I... come over and have uh, uh chestnuts no, but I will. Uh, I'll read some. I'll get some chestnuts going uh, through breeds. So, 
but um, yeah, again, I think I said last episode, but thanks for, for being on this journey with us. Um, hopefully uh, you guys liked our picks uh, or hated our picks. You know, uh, hate can be good too um, <laughs> in the right context. I don't know what context that might be, but I'm sure there is one. Um, I mean, we hate Dear Esther. I don't hate Dear Esther. I don't. I don't. I don't. I just don't like it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> where am I going? So, uh, I'm on a path that I don't know where I'm going. Yeah, if you if you felt one way or another about our yes. opinions, like uh, feel free to engage. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, thanks you for following us for another year uh we've i think i can speak for both of us we've really enjoyed it so looking forward to another another more year full of video games and interesting stories i'm i'm really excited to grab the next the next couple of episodes are gonna be you know games are playing the next couple of games are playing uh i will never have like never my wildest dreams would i've played them if not for the podcast and i think those are where like the hidden gems really lie so i'm looking forward to it but we've got some big titles too so i think 2021 is going to be a smashing good year yeah not we're not playing smash bros that's not a not a hint no it's not um, a hint. uh <laughs> the sun is going to shine is, on 2021 this is the year that we might not just play one persona 5 but two persona fives depending on <laughs> Depending on how it goes. Graham, that's a lot of pressure to put on me, okay? I will say this. I will say this. I played I've played twenty-five hours of Persona 5. Ten of those hours were in 2018? 2018? <laughs> I think 2018. Okay. I could be wrong. But so the other 15 the other fifteen were was last month in like a week. So it, I know that if if I just let myself get bit, if I get bit yeah. by the persona bug, I'm gonna go nuts. So, uh, yeah, we just have to give ourselves like three weeks, you know, Graham, or longer. If we, if we play Persona Five uh, Dancing and Starlight, that's three Persona Five games we could play. Oh man, if we if we if we count, <laughs> we could have a like, Persona month. Oh gosh, oh no, don't say. <laughs> we could do Persona Five Royals and Persona Five Base. We we would we'd have five uh, base five royal. Five Starlight and five Strikers. Wow. And Persona Q two. Wow. We we could have like a whole. We could like we need a summer story summer Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Summer you'll... of Persona. Yeah. Sorry about our three month absence in the lead up to that, but. Uh... <laughs> oh boy, we we will. I'm going to make a, a personal guarantee. We are going to review Persona 5. I will finish it at some point in 2021, and an episode will be released, and we will discuss it. And then maybe we'll see how long Strikers takes. We'll see. Yeah, I I still have no idea how long that is, so. Yeah, but that's my guarantee. This These three words, I swear to you, I'll be there for you to play Persona 5. All right, sounds good. Okay, I'll, but... I'll try to make the same. <laughs> well, you gotta play I guess. Persona. I guess. You gotta play Royals. I gotta <laughs> still. I gotta play Royals. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, but it's gonna happen. You, you gotta trust us, guys. You gotta trust us. Yeah. 
It's coming eventually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what if what if the Persona 5 review is the cyberpunk of uh, of the Velvet Room review? You know what I mean? What if it What if it all goes wrong? Uh, like our Mass Effect one? I don't want to talk about that. Those are dark days. Those We've come were. so far. We have. We have. We've improved a significant amount, I'd well, say. Yeah. A decent amount, at least. 20%, maybe. 20% improvement. Our, our, We've never lost I've learned a episode. lot about audio yeah. in, the, in the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But that is where we will be at some point in the future. That's yeah. so hopeful. You know, that's that's the beauty of the future. There's hope. There's hope there. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I've been delaying, to give us all hope about a new episode. So, a new um, hope. A new hope. Well, it's, technically it's an old hope. because An old hope. But there's a new hope in Strikers. So it's like, the oh, the Persona Strikes Back. That's, oh, now I know what we're going to name the episodes. We'll call, yeah. we'll call it A New Hope, Persona 5, the Empire. The Persona Strikers back. The Persona Strikers back. Well, what we need to do is we need to do Persona 4, then Persona 5, and then Persona 6, whenever it comes out. And, and we'll name them those. Okay, that sounds like a good plan. Okay. Okay. All right. With that, we leave you. Good night. Merry Christmas. All right. Happy New Year. Uh, happy Velvety's to all the little boy and girl developers. One thing you may earn a Velvet Room seal of approval, but unless you are Return of the Oberdin, you're not getting one this year, so too bad for you. Good night. <laughs> Good night.